Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. I was glad when they said unto me, We will go into the house of the Lord. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Together, Psalm 95 for the Venite on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 45 is on page 396. My heart overfloweth with a good matter. I speak the things which I have made concerning the King. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Thou art fairer than the children of men. Full of grace are thy lips, because God hath blessed thee forever. Gird thee with thy sword upon thy thigh, O thou most mighty, according to thy worship and renown. Good luck have thou with thine honor. Write on because of the word of truth, of meekness and righteousness and thy right hand shall teach these terrible things. Thy arrows are very sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, and the people shall be subdued unto thee. Thy seat, O God, endureth forever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Wherefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. All thy garments smell of myrrh, aloes, and cassia, out of the ivory palaces whereby they have made thee glad. King's daughters upon thy right hand stand the queen in a vesture of gold, wrought about with diverse colors. Hearken, O daughter, and consider, incline thine ear. Forget thy also thine own people and thy father's house. So shall the king have pleasure in thy beauty, for he is thy Lord, and worship thou him. And the daughter of Tyre shall be there with a gift, like as the rich also among the people shall make their supplication before thee. The king's daughter in all glorious within, her clothing is of wrought gold, 
She shall be brought unto the king in a raiment of needlework. The virgins that be her fellows shall bear her company, and shall be brought unto thee. With joy and gladness shall they be brought, and shall enter into the king's palace. Instead of thy fathers, thou shalt have children, whom thou mayest make princes in all lands. I will make thy name to be remembered from one generation to another. Therefore shall the people give thanks unto thee, world without end. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 21st chapter of the second book of Samuel. Now there was a famine in the days of David for three years, year after year. And David inquired of the Lord. And the Lord answered, It is because of Saul and his bloodthirsty house, because he killed the Gibeonites. So the king called the Gibeonites and spoke to them. Now the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel, but of the remnant of the Amorites. The children of Israel had sworn protection to them, but Saul had sought to kill them in his zeal for the children of Israel and Judah. Therefore David said to the Gibeonites, What shall I do for you, and with what shall I make atonement, that you may bless the inheritance of the Lord? And the Gibeonites said to him, We will have no silver or gold from Saul or from his house, nor shall you kill any man in Israel for us. Then he said, Whatever you say, I will do for you. Then they answered the king, As for the man who consumed us and plotted against us, that we should be destroyed from remaining in any of the territories of Israel, let seven men of his descendants be delivered to us, and we will hang them before the Lord in Gibeah of Saul, whom the Lord chose. And the king said, I will give them. But the king spelled, spared Mephipsaleth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of the Lord's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. So the king took Armonia and Mephisaleth, the sons of Rispah, the daughter of Ayah, whom she bore to Saul, and the five sons of Michael, the daughter of Saul, whom she brought up for Adriel, the son of Barzillai, the Mahalathite. And he delivered them into the hand of the Gibeonites, and they hanged them on the hill before the Lord. So they fell, all seven together, and were put to death in the days of harvest, in the first days, in the beginning of the barley harvest. Now Rispa, the daughter of Aya, took sackcloth and spread it for herself on the rock, beginning of the harvest, until the late rains poured on them from heaven. And she did not allow the birds of the air to rest on them by day, nor the beasts of the field by night. And David was told what Rispa, the daughter of Aya, the concubine of Saul, had done. Then David went and took the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan his son, from the men of Jabesh-Gilead who had stolen them from the streets of Bethshan where the Philistines had hung them up, after the Philistines had struck down Saul and Gilboa. So he brought up the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan his son from there, and they gathered the bones of those who had been hanged. They buried the bones of Saul and Jonathan his son in the country of Benjamin and Zelah, in the tomb of Kish his father. So they performed all that the king commanded, and after that God heeded the prayer for the land. When the Philistines were at war again with Israel, David and his servants with him went down and fought against the Philistines, and David grew faint. 
and Ishbi Benab, who was one of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose bronze spear was three hundred shekels, was bearing a new sword, thought he could kill David. But Abishai the son of Zariah came to his aid and struck the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swore to him, saying, You shall go out no more with us to battle, lest you quench the lamp of Israel. Now it happened afterwards there was again a battle with the Philistines at Gob. Then Sibichai the Hushatite killed Saph, who was one of the sons of the giant. Again there was a war at Gob with the Philistines, where Elhanan the son of Jerorigam the Bethlehemite killed the brother of Goliath the Gittites, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Yet again there was a war at Gath, where there was a man of great stature who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, twenty-four in number, and he was also born to the giant. So when he defied Israel, Jonathan the son of Shimea, David's brother, killed him. These four were born to the giant in Gath, and fell by the hand of David, and by the hand of his servants. Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus S. on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the second verse of the seventh chapter of Second Corinthians. Open your hearts to us. We have not, uh, we have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have cheated no one. I do not say this to condemn, for I have said before that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulation. For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts, inside were fears. Nevertheless, God who came, who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming, but also by the con consolation with which he was comforted in you when he told us of your earnest desire, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced even more. For even if I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. For I perceive that the same epistle made you sorry, though only for a while. Now I rejoice. Not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner, that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. 
For observe this very thing, that you were sorrowed in a godly manner. What diligence it produced in you. What clearing of yourselves. What indignation, what fear, what vehement desire, what zeal, what vindication. In all things you proved yourselves to be clear in this matter. Therefore, although I wrote to you, I did not do it for the sake of him who had done the wrong nor for the sake of him who suffered wrong, but for our care, but that our care for you in the sight of God might appear to you. Therefore, we have been comforted in your comfort, and we rejoiced exceedingly more for the joy of Titus, because his spirit has been refreshed by you all. For if in, if in anything I have boasted to him about you, I am not ashamed. But as we spoke all things in you the truth all things to you in truth, even so our boasting to Titus was found true, and his affections are greater for you as he remembers the obedience of you all, how with fear and trembling you received him. Therefore I rejoice that I have confidence in you in everything. Here endeth the second lesson. Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and everlasting God, give unto us the increase of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain that which thou dost promise. Make us to love that which thou dost command, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. We have a we're reaching a point in Second Samuel when the, the chapters are, are kind of a random collection of stories which may be out of chronological sequence. Uh, and today we get, you know, the strange story of, of the um, blood guilt that's causing a famine and the um, David's taking of descendants of Saul uh, to, um, to atone for it at the, at the Gibeonites' request. And apart from all the strange things, that's you know, this isn't really the way we we think of things now in terms of offering, you know, killing people alive for the sins of the fathers. Um, it highlights the fact that the seriousness of of sin. Remember that Saul was the Lord's anointed who spoke uh, with for for God in God's place, and he made a vow that he broke in in killing people, and so there was a real problem. That had to be atoned for, and just highlights the seriousness of, 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 um, you know, of, of sin, of serious wrongdoing. That sin must be forgiven; it can't just be um, ignored. And forgiveness requires atonement, and and so something had to be done to make to make this right. And it's it's sort of starkly, you know, um, uh, it's stunning the the idea of what happens, but it highlights that idea. And it can provide a bridge a little bit over into the to the New Testament lesson where St. Paul has confronted the Corinthians with something they've done wrong. And in the New Testament framework, we understand that Christ now has fulfilled all the sacrifices and provides the atonement so that when we do something wrong, um, the main thing that we need to bring is repentance. And so St. Paul has confronted the Corinthians with something and they've um, they've provided you know uh, the satisfaction needed by acknowledging the wrong done by changing their behavior and then coming you know c- coming back into uh, into sort of a fellowship with with Christ and with Paul and and this is what what makes things right and so when we do something wrong we we don't pay for it or we pay for it with the act of repentance 
and the amendment of life. And, you know, sometimes we have enduring consequences in our life where they become sort of disciplinary to teach us, but Christ, but we don't have to offer, you know, uh, our, our, our children for, for sin. Uh, Christ has, has died for us. And, and so we see, we see the, but, the, but both lessons deal with this idea of, of making what is wrong right, uh, in the old, in, in the first story, it was, by sacrifice of descendants, the second, because Christ has fulfilled all sacrifices by repentance. The other thing that's noteworthy in the in the Corinthians lesson is is a sort of emotion which St. Paul writes. He doesn't write to to his letter. Really, it, it's it present in many of his letters that he cares deeply about people. He's invested in this. So it's not just a dispassionate letter. It is he feels that that the, the breach of the Corinthians in doing something wrong, he feels both his own relational disconnection with them and their repentance brings back into relational harmony. And this kind of reminds us that, that ministry is not just about you know, legal judgments that we kind of dispassionately um, uh, you know, hand down. It's about a relationship with God in Christ to the spirit and a relationship with others. And, and, and it, it's noteworthy. This is, you know, highlights that if we do something wrong, if we sin, we sin not just against God and ourselves, but against the body. And so, so our repentance brings us back into harmony with the body. And it's why when, um, there is sin in the, in the church, it should grieve us. We should be sad about the rupture and we should be aware of, of our um, accountability to the larger body. When we do something wrong, it's not a personal matter. We, 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 we impact the body and therefore our repentance makes the body in a sense whole. And that's kind of what St. Paul is, is rejoicing over in, in the Corinthian uh, chapter we read. So a few thoughts about today's lessons. Continuing with a prayer for conditions of all men. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, 
we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men, especially those things for which we give our thanks privately. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Good to be with you this morning. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Bishop. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you, Mrs. Garland. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Have a good Thursday.